Well, the IMF has upped their forecast for global growth, but not for everyone. They haven't changed the outlook for Oz, and they've downgraded growth for the UK, even though they're racing ahead with vaccines there. And they've just passed the grim milestone of 100,000 COVID deaths in the UK as well. Aussie inflation numbers are out today, plus the NAB business survey, and the FOMC are not expected to say too much. And the stimulus package in the US, well, it's taking a long time, isn't it? And what's going on with shares in Asia today? It's Wednesday, the 27th of January, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar is down a bit more today, losing a quarter percent on the DXY. The Aussie and the pound both up a little over 0.4%, just 0.2% up for the euro. US equities are fairly flat this morning. We've got a 0.2% rise in the Nasdaq. That's about the best of it. The uh, Russell 2000 losing half a percent, but then picking up most of that back. And uh, we saw a 1.4% fall in the S&P energy sector. That was on the news that Joe Biden is set to announce indefinite halts on new oil and gas leasing on federal territory. That wasn't entirely unexpected. The US stocks 50 is up, though, by 1.1%. The FTSE 100 up a quarter percent. Ten-year Treasury is up just one basis point. They were up two earlier on. WTI crude is down a little. It has to be said, it's a fairly quiet day, though. All the action, by and large, has been in Asia, with a 2.5% fall in the Hang Seng yesterday and a 2% fall for the CSI 300. Let's talk about that with Tapa Strickland, NAB's head of economics for markets in Sydney. Uh, so what is going on in Hong Kong and China? Is this an overdue correction? Is that all there is to it? Or is there a real bubble bubble happening here? Perhaps? Good morning, Phil. Yeah, it does appear um, to be a number of stories going around uh, this morning um, in terms of equities. More people talking about whether um, equity valuations are on, on the high side. And you've seen a number of high-profile comments of those over the past uh, couple of weeks. And many people are attributing the subdued trading session in the US uh, due, due to those comments. Uh, but in the... Um, in the Asian time zone, uh, what really got their headlines was a comment um, in the local media in China that an advisor to the People's Bank of China uh, was telling a wealth management forum that the risk of asset bubbles would increase if the central bank did not adjust its policy. And so that would suggest that, uh, at least in China, uh, they're intending to tighten monetary policy a little bit. And indeed, uh, there was a, a monetary policy operation um, to withdraw a little bit of liquidity, I think about $12 billion worth uh, yesterday. And that did see um, a little bit of softness come through in terms of um, equities there. And the other overwhelming driver in Asia yesterday were late stories uh, the day before about uh, delays to the U.S. stimulus uh, program. If you want to see how volatile it was, Tencent, which is the uh, the operator of WeChat, lost 6.3% on Tuesday, but it did increase 11% on Monday. It was very close to being worth $1 trillion U.S. dollars, which would have made it only one of uh, uh, six companies on the planet. We're going to have to wait a little while longer for that. Look, in the U.K., it was a fairly ominous day today. They've passed the 100,000 mark for deaths from COVID-19. Uh, Boris Johnson gave a press conference not so not so long ago. He was expected to say something about hotel quarantines for people arriving in the UK, but not, uh, holding that off till tomorrow, apparently. President Trudeau is also readying himself to introduce uh, tougher travel restrictions in Canada uh, as well. Uh, so all of that carries on. We're seeing more lockdowns, more restrictions. Uh, I guess we, you know, we can expect that. Uh, but while we're in the UK, uh, employment fell a little. Uh, this is back in October, though, isn't it? That is ages ago. 88,000 jobs lost. Uh, that helped pound a little today, didn't it? Because it, apparently it could be much worse than that. Uh, but average earnings for November up 3.6% versus 2.8% the month before. So is that inflation or is that just the fact that they've got 
the people who've lost their jobs are, are lower paid, so that's pushed the average up. I suspect that's what's going on there, isn't it? Yes, uh, that's right. And you've seen that feature play out in the US as well, where um, average weekly earnings have uh, actually risen, even though you've seen a lot of uh, job losses. Uh, so a lot of the job losses have been in the lower paid services sector yeah. there. So what about Australian inflation then? That's going to be a bit more meaningful, perhaps. We're going to get that later on this morning. Uh, NAB is actually expecting it's going to be a bit higher than most, isn't it? Could that move the Aussie dollar today if that is the case? Uh, definitely could. Uh, the consensus for headline CPI is for a 0.7% Q&Q increase. And NAB is uh, seeing a slight upside risk there. It's penciled in a 0.9% increase on the headline measure. Uh, and the key reason is um, within Australia, there's been widespread in- anecdotes of price rises for motor vehicles and for uh, accommodation. I can attest to the higher accommodation prices that I, I did see uh, during uh, my summer holidays here in Australia. And it's called opportunism, um, isn't it? And it's just worth noting, a lot of the rise actually in the quarter is due to two components. So uh, a rise in the out-of-pocket childcare costs due to the end of the government pandemic subsidy and a higher tobacco um, excise. So when you exclude those two components, core inflation uh, is likely to remain fairly subdued. And we pencil in trim mean inflation, the RBA's preferred core inflation measure at 0.4% Q on Q. And just worth a reminder that rents in Sydney and Melbourne are falling and the government's home builder scheme will be treated as a price decline for new dwelling costs in the CPI. And the NAB business survey is out as well today, isn't it? Uh, what are we expecting to see on the basis that, of course, you haven't seen it? You, you, you see it at the same time as everyone else. But what, are you, what will you be looking for? In yes, it? well, I guess just worth noting that the survey is for December and so uh, may cover some of that period in which we did have that virus outbreak uh, from mid-December uh, there. I'll be looking... Uh, quite closely at capacity utilisation. Uh, and a key reason for that is when you map it against the unemployment rate, it can provide a leading indicator. And we have seen from other indicators of the unemployment rate uh, that is suggestive of the unemployment rate uh, trending lower and perhaps even surprising quite sharply to the downside over the next uh, year or so. Now, they are not there yet, are they, with the stimulus package in the US? Janet Yellen has been confirmed now as uh, Treasury Secretary. I don't know if that's going to help jolly things a lot. And, uh, not so far. We've got uh, uh, Mitch McConnell, the Republican leader in the Senate, saying that they can move on with the power-sharing deal. I'm not sure exactly what that means. I mean, this has been at a standstill this week. It seems it's going to take a while longer, doesn't it? Yes, that's right. So the latest headlines from Senate Majority Leader uh, Chuck Schumer is that a US stimulus package might not be passed until uh, March. And so that is a little bit longer than uh, most people had been expected. And that did uh, lead to some of that sell-off that we did see in Asia, as we were uh, discussing before, and some of that uh, reversal in uh, US uh, Treasury yields that occurred on Tuesday. Right. Now, the FOMC later on, uh, they uh, are, are we expecting anything out of this for, for rates or for QE guidance? It's a bit too soon into the new presidency, isn't it? Yes, I think it is a little bit too soon. Uh, there had been some talk uh, very earlier in the year of the Fed possibly needing to taper uh, asset purchases uh, from at least the middle of this year. Uh, but the big three in the FOMC, uh, that being Powell, Clarita and Brainard all pushed back on those notions and highlighted that the Fed only recently adopted forward guidance uh, really to expand the goals of asset purchases uh, beyond market functioning and more towards those qualitative outcome-based things such as uh, tying it towards full employment and to their inflation goals. And all three have said recently uh, that uh, they're likely to keep the continued pace of purchases until substantial progress is made on those goals. 
Clarita was a little bit more explicit, saying he would expect the current pace of purchases to continue at least until the end of this year. So I would expect uh, in the press conference that Powell would uh, continue to reiterate those kind of comments and push back on any notions of near-term tapering of the QE program. And it sounds like the ECB is getting more concerned now about the strength in the euro. They're wanting to have a look at their policy versus the Fed policy so they get a, an understanding of what the, the different approaches are having on, on exchange rates because obviously they, they don't want to see the US dollar continuing to get weaker. Yeah, so it was an interesting um, headlines that just came through about an hour ago saying uh, the ECB is uh, to study the impact of uh, policy divergences on exchange rates. And uh, they're looking into the US dollar weakness, despite the US economy being a little bit stronger there. And it does hint that the ECB as a whole is becoming a little bit more concerned about the appreciation in the euro. And just worth noting, the euro gained almost 9% against the dollar last year. And I think that's the biggest annual jump since uh, 2017. And uh, in the final two months of the year, when we were talking about uh, the US dollar weakness, uh, the euro rose by 5%. Um, and on a trade-weighted basis, I think it's almost at a record high. So it's quite significant. Uh, and it does look like uh, some of the ECB are becoming a little bit concerned there. Again, very hard to know exactly what the ECB can do uh, if they were concerned about the uh, about the strength in the euro, apart from doing more stimulus. And you have to say, of all the central banks in, in the world who have undertaken stimulus, the, the ECB has been the most aggressive out there, so well, maybe they can declare, make a declaration that the US is a currency manipulator. Maybe that's maybe that's the upshot. That would go down well. Uh, look, the Italian Prime Minister, while we're still in Europe, he's resigned. Mr. Conti, uh, nobody ever seems to keep that job for long, do they? The, the split in the government is over their response to COVID. So having the government collapse, that should straighten things out. Uh, where are they going to go from here? What's going to happen next? Yeah, it's r- really interesting developments in Italy. We were speaking about this last week, and it looked like. Uh, Conti was was holding on, but then a key vote uh, is coming up on the 27th uh, and uh, he has decided to uh, fall on his sword there. Uh, It's it's hoped that by acting preemptively that he can garner a new... Uh, a new coalition, perhaps even a larger majority within Parliament. We'll watch and see what happens there. Look, the IMF is meeting today, virtually of course, but they've released their latest economic outlook, which has got updated forecasts. Are these forecasts right, by the way? They reckon now that the global economy is going to grow 5.5% this year compared to 5.2%, which they were forecasting uh, for this year back in October, because of the vaccines, basically. No new forecast for Australia, though. They're keeping that at 3%. Uh, Was there much reaction in the markets to those forecasts, or is it just... Oh, yes, look, more more forecasts from the IMF. (laughs) Unfortunately, IMF forecasts don't tend to be market-moving, and markets are very much forward-looking, looking at all those indicators uh, that the IMF uh, is, is using and that they eventually do, do publish. Uh, two things worth noting is that the global economy contracted by less than the IMF expected in 2020. Uh, so the IMF uh, has uh, estimated the global economy contracted by 3.5%, and that's as 0.9 percentage points higher than previously projected in the prior forecast. Uh, so that makes the growth uh revision in 2021 even more startling um, so as you're saying a three a 0.3 percentage point uh, increase in october's forecast for 2021 to 5.5 percent and within uh, 2021 uh, interesting divergence and this goes back towards the euro and us dollar story that we're talking about earlier in the ecb's concerns here uh, the u.s growth outlook was upgraded by two full percentage points with the U.S. economy expected to grow by 5.1% in 2021, while Eurozone growth was downgraded by one 
percentage points to 4.2%. So in terms of a growth outlook, it looks like the US economy is going to outperform in 2021, while the Eurozone will underperform in 2021. Now, I love this story today. I don't know if you've ever been to Etsy, which is a website where if you make stuff, you know, handicrafts and stuff like that, you can you can sell it uh, a bit like eBay for arty people. Uh, their shares jumped 9% today because Elon Musk tweeted that he kind of loved the site and he bought a hand-knit Marvin the Martian helmet for his dog. Uh, shares jump 9%. The investors look for any excuse, don't they? Uh, look, uh, hard earnings numbers, that would be better, wouldn't it? We get quite a few of them this week. Corporate earnings for Microsoft, Apple, Tesla, Facebook, Samsung. Uh, there's also US durable goods orders tonight uh, for December, which has got a little growth expected, but uh, there wasn't too much optimism around, was there, in, in December? So uh, we can't expect too much. But back on corporate earnings, the results so far have exceeded expectations, haven't they? Yeah, that's right. Around uh, 70% of all companies uh, that have reported the S&P 500 have uh, have had earnings and sales better than expected. Uh, so it does look like uh, things are looking a little, little bit better in terms of the US outlook. And we're talking about the IMF forecast upgrades. If that virus, uh, or sorry, if that vaccine rollout can, can occur, it does look like the US economy is set for a pretty good uh, year in the second half of uh, 2021. Uh, and just harking back to uh, those anecdotes you're noting in regards to Etsy, um, there was, there's been some analysis of all the stimulus money uh, that has been uh, doled out in the US and it's estimated Americans saved $1.4 trillion in the first three quarters of 2020 or about twice as much uh, in the same period uh, last year. So just suggest on the retail side, uh, there's a lot of money floating around there and some of that is definitely finding itself into the stock market and you're hearing all those mm. Um, anecdotes yeah. of Robin Hood traders and the like. <laughs> Either in shares or witty knitted woolen helmets for your dogs, one or the other. Good to talk. Catch you again very soon. Thanks, Tapas. Thanks, Phil. And that's Wednesday on The Morning Call. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Back again tomorrow morning. See you then.